I am unashamed. What about you? So, Jace, uh, we're, uh, I'm finally getting on the road this week. I think you are, too. I have an event in, uh, in Midland, Michigan is my event. And what's funny is when they, they reached out to me about it, they said, uh, we, we want to do this event. But, you know, Michigan has been one of these lockdown, I mean, super lockdown states. Uh, their governor's been pretty hard on, on the folks up there. And so they were like, we got to do it outside. And I was like, an outside event in February? <laughs> and they were like, yeah. Wasn't it like 30 below there last week? <laughs> it was. It was. And and early on, they were talking about earlier in the month. Thankfully, it's this week. And I told him, I said, well, look, I talked to the guy this week. I said, well, look, I'm coming. I, I'm I'm Southern to the bone. So, I mean, I get cold. But if you guys are willing to do an event with everything y'all been through, I'm coming up there to talk about Jesus with you. And yeah. so we're I'm doing it uh, this Friday. So the the forecast is supposed to be about 39. So oh, I don't know. I, I guess after like this warm. last week, spent, that's nothing, I guess. Oh, that's a warm summer day. Look, when the, well, when the pandemic – when the pandemic <laughs> lockdown hit, I was in Detroit, Michigan, fixing to do an event an hour away from the event when the governor said no events. So we had to disband, and I spent two days at the Detroit airport, which is really nice, one of the nicest airports yep. I've ever been in. And when we went and got on our plane back, there might have been 10 or 12 people in the entire airport. <laughs> it was wow. the strangest thing. Well, I'm headed to Virginia. We're going to go to the colonial grounds of Virginia in seek of treasure. So that's ought to be interesting. We're doing some metal detecting. I got invited to go with my friends at Garrett. So we're going to. We're going to see what we can find. Literally, we're, we're getting up from our talk, and I'm going to get on a plane, and I'm heading out. So I'll give you a full report. I did want well, to – I, expect, I huh? expect to hear some good stories from that trip. Because, you know, you're talking about you're going back where it all started. I mean, you're yeah. going back where we started the country. Well, I told them they were like, well, where do you want to go eat? You know, when people plan trips, I'm like, just get me out there in the woods, wherever we're going, and just put me some food under the door every few hours and then it will where we're gonna hunt you know I'll, I'll i'll be ready to do that so that's kind of the loose plan i don't know if we were kidding or we were texting this but i think that's the plan they're just gonna put me in a cabin in the woods and i'm gonna go back a couple hundred years in my mind and we're gonna turn what's under the ground <laughs> upside down so i'll give you a history report that's kind of the Robertson way, because you're right. Most people, when they do something like this, they're planning, let's all go out and eat. Let's do this. Let's do yeah. that. The Robertson way is we'll be over here and, you know, just call us when you're ready to, for some action. Yeah. <laughs> to quote a famous philosopher, I said, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> so I did. I do want to note that on the way down here, uh, you know, because the stock market this today was way down so i was taking some it's it's like these women when they things go on sale and they go on these shopping sprees i was doing that today uh, there's a lot of fear you were doing it right up until we turned the cameras on jays i saw you yeah in fact, I got it's funny 
I guess you've so inoculated me and dad about the stock market now. So yesterday when I saw the NASDAQ was down almost 400 points, I immediately thought of you. I said, well, Jace is going to be scrambling tomorrow. He's going to be you know, selling or buying or whatever he does. It usually gives you a day to prepare. So that was yesterday. Anything I didn't have high conviction on in the high growth tech world, I unloaded because today that's what's being assaulted. But you got to remember, the economy is going to open back up. So everybody, they're selling all the things that were successful during the pandemic, and they're buying things that were just absolutely destroyed, like airlines and casinos and cruise ships and all. So am I buying all that stuff? No. I mean, some of those you should already have and just – hold the line as a long-term investor you don't go up and down to the various fear barometer of, of the market so i mean i'm selling a few uh, a few things i didn't have high conviction but i'm buying some of these stocks that will be awesome in the future they're just they're on sale so it's i did way more buying than selling yeah were you uh were you up late last night thinking about all your uh, sales and buys and uh, future things that the no, economy. The, the last thing that would have been on my mind, that would have been on my mind, was the stock market <laughs> and the shape it's in. Yeah. No. We had a tree tree cutting yesterday from the uh, uh, the the ice. The limbs started just breaking and stripping everything from where they fell from. Any kind of wire that got caught up in that. So fortunately, the main wiring, the limbs hit and ricocheted off of them, and it held up. But a lot of the uh, secondary wires, like Miss Case, you got these lights out in the yard, you know. I, I like them out there because if you're prowler trying to get to my door, even before you get to the door, you have to cross areas of where there's a light. And, you know, <laughs> so unless you run real fast, and I may miss you, but I probably got a better chance of hitting you. We got a few lights where you're just coming across there. You see what I'm saying? Not so, really. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> you'd, have, you'd have to be around there to know. But the bottom line is, that was the first line of defense is the lighting up under the trees. To, if I see you moving around out there, you need to, if you're coming for a visit, you need to wave and stay in the open all the way, and you're in good shape. Start well, That's what they used to do in, like, in Colon- since we're going back to colonial times, they would yeah. declare themselves like out in the yard. They would be like, "That's right, John." Yeah. That's still going on. Name. Today. John Smith from the hills of, and they're like, "Greetings." I mean, they my, had- cl- my closest associates when they drive up at night, they alert me by a shout. Mm-hmm. Hey, Phil, hey, I'm coming in out here. They let me know. I said, I said, okay. The dogs start barking, no matter who it is. They bark. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's they, what I do. You know, I'm, I'm looking, and then whoever identifies himself is, all right, come on in. But but just like to bust up in there and not say anything, no. Yeah, that's what I do. When I when I venture at night, like I'll let my dog out, and I, if my dog runs right in my neighbor's land, when I, when I walk there, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm coughing or I'm singing because yeah. I, I don't want – the first thing to hear is or like when I'm walking through the woods, kind of like after a deer hunts over. Best thing you can do is as you approach within, within earshot, 
you know, break out with a song just as I am. Yeah, you know, I do it all the time. <laughs> when I finish a deer hunt, I'll start singing, whistling. That's right. Even though I have orange on, these people around here, I mean, they'll they'll shoot you. So that's that's a good tip. Uh, what I was going to say was, is on the way down here, I did hear this because I was listening. They were all like, oh, this stock is way down and this one's way. And they were talking about what I was talking about, where people are buying these these companies that, you know, for the economy coming back. But one guy said this, and these people I'm listening to, they're, they're definitely not jesus centered in their talk this is a you know a news show talking about stock but this one of the commentators i just noted what he said he said the fact that a year ago we were talking about wearing masks and the outbreak of the pandemic he said now we're talking about the cure he said what medical science has done and he he hesitated i thought what's he gonna say he said it's a miracle oh boy and i thought here we go. I, I, I'm glad that you think it's awesome, and it is, and we think it's awesome. Just think about what the medical industry has done in the year. But he used the word miracle, which is the last time we were together, is my point. Incredible, yes. Yeah. Supernatural, perhaps. A miracle is something that happens that is impossible to explain other than a power that is not of the earth. For a believer or a non-believer. Believer or an unbeliever. I just think we like that word. We try to find something that's amazing, and we say, it's a miracle. So how would we define miracle to help the population? Because even the people in the world are using it, in my opinion. (laughs) But you're right, Jason, because I would view this as a skeptic of that because what I would say is, what you saw happen has always been possible, but there was so much bureaucracy and red tape and regulation to hold back. And again, they're trying to be safe. I get it. But what has taken years to do things, if you know, Trump just basically said, get it done. And they got it done. I mean, to me, it's not a miracle. It's awesome. Don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. It's awesome that people are taking a vaccine a year from the time we figured out we had it. It's awesome, amazing, perhaps supernatural. Perhaps. A miracle is a misdiagnosis of what that is. What needs to be remembered when you start talking about the miraculous. John 18, we covered this. uh, No, John 12, we covered it when we, in the book of John. Even after Jesus had done... All these miraculous signs in their presence, the Jewish people who said he's not the one, they're, they're up against him, they're, they're, they're stonewalling him. Even after he had done all these miraculous signs in their presence, now they're looking at bona fide supernatural events, they still would not believe in him. It, this was to fulfill the word of Isaiah the prophet, who's believed our message, to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed. For this reason, they could not believe, because he said elsewhere, Isaiah, 
he's blinded their eyes and 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 uh, deadened their hearts so they can neither see with their eyes or understand with their hearts nor turn, and I would heal them. So you get in the book of Acts where we are, and then you get in today, modern day, and they throw that term out. Al, if Jesus couldn't do it and change their mind by all of what he did in their presence, and if that didn't move them, why in the world would someone get hung up on if we can show them one 2,000 years later, they will instantaneously believe what you were saying about Jesus Christ? No. If he couldn't do it, <laughs> who are we to say, well, we can pull it off if we just show them a miracle? Yeah. Not, it's not going to happen. I mean, nope. you see that the last couple studies I had, we had, you know, some, some wayward teenagers that were brought to us and Missy and I was trying to counsel, you know, talk. We're trying to share Jesus, which is what we did. But, you know, I just, we felt like no matter what you say, you could see that they just didn't want to do anything that would, would come with a life change. And I felt in my mind on this thought, even I, I think if we had the power to do a miracle in front of them, I'm not real sure that they would have still done it. You know? Right. It was just like, don't talk to me. And who knows, you know, when you when you don't know people that come your way, they could have been abused or whatever's led to this bitterness and this eyes just looking through you. It's just a tough situation. So, I mean, what we did is what we always do. We were authentic. We were humble. And we shared Jesus in the most simple form because I thought you may not now respond but we're not going to burn the bridge and there may come a time in their life that they'll come around but i just genuinely believe that the miracle idea there was not the way god designed this there's a concept jace uh, let's take a break So um, one of our favorite uh, sponsors, especially Dad, you and I, we, we still hadn't quite convinced Jace to get on board yet, but he, he will. He'll get there when he gets a little more aches and pains, uh, is a company called Omega XL. <clears throat> and the first time I had a conversation with Dr. McQuillan, I, I figured out that they've really done a lot of research and, and they really understand the science behind inflammation and what helps inflammation. And that's where basically all your aches and pains come from. It's brilliant. Uh, they farm these mussels in New Zealand uh, and create this great product, uh, and it works. I mean, Dad and I can both, both attest to that. So basically, what you do is you go to omegaxl.com slash fill, and you buy one bottle. You're going to get your second bottle free, so it's going to give you a two-month supply to check it out. About eight weeks is when you really begin to feel the difference. So that's omegaxl.com slash fill, or you can call them at 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. Get you some Omega XL and get rid of those aches and pains. There's a concept in uh, that Paul brings out. I can't remember what I can't remember which letter it's in off the top of my head, but the concept about stages of you know some people plant a seed, somebody comes along and waters the seed, somebody comes along and 
<clears throat> sort of harvest the idea. And the idea is, is that you never know with people where they are, which is why you want to be consistent in what you, what your job is. I mean, you may be a seed planter. You know, these guys, when we look at the early church here, they were just putting it out there. And <clears throat> those that were seeking and had hearts to seek were finding it. But there was obviously a lot that didn't and, and opposed them. The, and you know, the everything first, we talked about was The first group of individuals, Jesus said the first kind is like the seed thrown along the path, falls off off on the way to the field. It just it just falling off the wagon and hit the hit in the middle of nowhere. That's like th throwing seed. So that stands for the ones who are here and they hear the message of the kingdom, but the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. We we underestimate the power of the evil one when you're talking to a 16-year-old person and they're sitting there mouthing off at you and I mean not or got a cold blank stare yeah. and it's just not hitting them at all. You're like, see it along the path. Yeah. Jesus said that's the one he just they cannot understand it, what you're saying. Right. Because it's like the evil one has snatched away what was sown in their heart. You know Due to their poor decisions or I mean I think there's a combination of that going on. But you're right. I mean you seem helpless because you're like Jesus Christ, you want a miracle? He came back from the dead. There's a way to live forever. We're going to be God's forever family. And they're just sitting there. Yep. No emotion, excitement. Nope. It's like there's literally <laughs> no hope. It's and like I'm telling you. It's like they're you, almost dead. <laughs> yeah, if you showed them a miracle itself. I don't believe it would do it. It didn't happen here. That's why the well, Apostle Paul yeah. said uh, the message of the cross, Jace, is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who believe, being saved, it's the power of God. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? Since in the wisdom of God, the world, through its wisdom, did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached, to save those who believe. Jews demand miraculous signs, and look how that worked out. Even after all the miracles, they still would not believe in them. Show us another one. Show us another one. Show us another one. And Greeks, they look for wisdom. We preach Christ crucified. Uh, foolishness to those, uh, to the Gentiles and to the Jews, it's a stumbling block. Mm. So if you look at it, a lot of them say, you bunch of idiots. We just keep on with it. We're like, might ought to think about that. So that's a good point. I was I was thinking that verse, which goes into what Al said, because that's in chapter one. You know, in twenty seven, he said, yep. "God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise." That was our point last podcast. It is true. I mean, he picked a Samaritan woman who had uh, a shady past mm -hmm. to lay the foundation for what we're reading in. Because now Philip stepped up after Stephen goes down at the hands of persecution and dies to a guy from a guy who's leading the anti-Jesus movement, who later becomes one of the most heralded followers of Jesus in our history, Saul to Paul. And I look, mean, he took he, God takes foolish, bad, checkered paths and transformed through the power of his son and the power of the Holy Spirit into representatives 
for him, which is quite incredible. And I totally get the idea about being blinded, like you were describing the people you were talking to, not being ready for it. Because I went through a period of time, you know, I've talked about it on here before, four years, where, I mean, I was right there in the midst of everything good. And yet my heart was hard. I was just like uh, Stephen described. I was arrogant with an uncircumcised heart and ears that would not hear, even though it was all around me. So it can happen. And until I was brought to my knees, you know, basically saw a dead end in the world, I wasn't ready. But then I was, and I've been there ever since. So, you know, you never know what's going to take to get people yeah. there. Well, you know, I know own- we've been speaking of the Holy Spirit of God and the power he has and the, his fruit and then, then the miraculous that he works too. But if you look at it, you know, you say, I would say, uh, you can call it Jace one way or the other, but I would say it's a near miracle for have having the spiritual power of God being given you, a believer, when he believes, and when the old man dies, is buried through his faith, you're like, and he is going to live in you. He, you, you, you're, you're, well, it's a he, supernatural. A what I'm, well, it's supernatural. The point being, you, a miracle is something we attach everything that happens supernaturally. There's things that happen supernaturally. God gives us His Spirit. He yep. forgave our past. Well, that's a miracle. Is something that was a sign to point to a being that had a greater power beyond the earth. Yep. We don't have that power. So if if a miracle has occurred, it, it's just like your point about even what happens in transformation. God's the one that is in charge of the miracle working. We're 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 out on that. Now he gave that power to these men, and they went around and unleashed it. And what happened? A lot of people were healed. A lot of people were impressed, but also a lot of chaos broke out about how do I get this power. Because men are men. I.e. Simon. How, so. I can make some money doing that. And so, well, you don't have that same feeling about surrendering to Jesus. And that's why the miracles were always intended to point people to Jesus and to confirm the words that were written down. That, that, was, Jason, that was the point of it. Jason, not only that, but also, you know, they've been around, you know, for a long time, Moses had miraculous ability. Elijah and Elisha, the prophets of old, they had the ability to do miracles for the same reason, to point people to God. So even before Jesus, he still used these miraculous signs. You know, Moses had a, a staff, and he could throw it down on the ground, and it turned into a snake. Now, that's a miracle. If I got a stick, and you're looking at it, and I throw it down on the ground, and it turns into a snake, and then I reach down and pick it up, and it turns back into a staff, that's a miracle. I mean, yeah. that's supernatural. But exactly. it was the purpose was the same as what you're describing. It was the purpose was to point so that you would listen to what Moses had to say because God was using him to speak truth about the covenant. And the point mm-hmm. Stephen made in his sermon was, <clears throat> you rejected Moses too. You know, our, oh. our forefathers rejected Moses, and yet you're doing it again because you reject Jesus. So it is interesting that it's kind of been that same mindset when you read the Bible about yeah. you've got to have the open heart and the open ears. That's the key. Well, and that, what's the, the charge Stephen brought against them while you're there? Listen, he said, 
Uh, was there ever a prophet, uh, prophet your fathers did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. Now you've betrayed and murdered him. One of the points I wanted to bring out uh, earlier in this little discussion, you who have received the law that was put into effect by angels, through angels, but have not obeyed it. Al, just think about what they did. They butchered the commandment number six out of the top ten commandments yep. they were given through the angelic beings handing them that. They just got it all twisted around in their head, so they <clears> said, <throat> we're fixing to murder this dude. Well, but Stephen said, now you've betrayed and murdered him. They were so twisted in their thinking. Uh, and 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 without the spirit of God in them, you say they actually would violate one of the Ten Commandments: "Do not murder," and they would kill the one who wrote the Sixth Commandment: "Do not murder." You just yeah. think about that. You're like, good night. And you know what they finally came up with? They finally come up with this uh, in order to to murder Jesus. Uh, Anyone who blasphemes the name of the Lord, Leviticus 24, Al, under the law of Moses, anyone who blasphemes the name of the Lord must be put to death. I think it was in John where they said, oh, we have a law because Pilate said, I don't have any, any charges against this man. I don't see why right. he should die. He said that three times to those Jews. And they said, yep. we have a law. And the one they, they pointed to was that Leviticus 24. He's claiming... Yep that he's God. That's why we're going to kill him. So they violate the Ten Commandments, number six being a doozy, do not murder, and they felt solidly righteous about it. Man. Think of the irony of that. Let's, let's take another break. Think of the irony of that, Dad. He, he, he's claimed to be God. He was God, and yet, and he came to give his life, and they said, no, we're going to take your life because you're right. We want to violate it. You know, essentially, you brought up the idea about angels who were there with Moses, is what that's referring to. Whenever it's supposed to say big event, right? The law was being handed down. You remember what ha happened to Moses? He started glowing, just being oh. around these supernatural. Well, yeah. Well, look at this, Al. If uh, it's weird that you said that, because I was thinking the same thing. Now, now Phil read seven fifty-three, where it says. You who have received the law that was put into effect through angels, but have not obeyed it. But if you look at six, the last verse of chapter six and verse 15, it says, All who were sitting in the Sanhedrin, Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen, and they saw that his face was like the face of an angel, which is pretty ironic you brought that uh, up it's uh, kind about of hey, it's it's kind of miraculous <laughs> <laughs> it's supernatural it's supernatural because the people would say well how come your face is glowing it, and so it's like well is that a miracle no they might think he got too close to the furnace or you know he was in in front of the heat but if you came out there and... Instead of saying his face is going, we might ought to back off of this thing here. We yeah. need to back off this thing. There's something, something, something not right, boys. Well, right. I read that to read Hebrews 2. I, I referred to it the last podcast, but I think we got to read it based on 
what we just discussed. In verse 2 of Hebrews 2, it says, For if the message spoken by angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, an obvious reference that Stephen was referring to in his coffin sermon, Yep. how shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. So what are the disciples of Jesus, Stephen included, what, what was their purpose? They're out sharing the Lord and the salvation that comes with the Lord. And the next verse of Hebrews 2 explains what goes along with it. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit distributing distributed according to his own will. So that was going on. So when you look at it, do you pursue the signs or do you pursue the salvation? Yeah. That's what it comes down to. It's what are you point. into modern day when people say, well, what are you trying to say? You don't believe God can do miracles? I'm like, yes, I believe God can do miracles. He has that power. And if he wants to show us one, guess what? I'm open to it. I'm ready for it. But in the short term, and I mean short term as far as my life on the earth, I'm going to pursue the salvation that is in Jesus. If he wants to throw in some signs along the way, awesome. But if not, it's not going to change how I view Jesus and still a responsibility to make changes because of who my Lord is in my everyday life. That's what the hard part is. I feel like in our religious world, people want the miracles but they don't want the life change. And there's where the rub is, in my opinion. What do you think? I think you're right. <clears throat> and you know, it's interesting, Jay. Once it's in you, it's in you. It's just like, so I preached last week on this text about Stephen. And it took me back to my training and to be to be a preacher, and which I really didn't plan on doing. But I thought, I thought about Jeremiah because you remember our verse, our verse for our class, Jace, was Jeremiah 20 and verse 9. And, you know, which where he basically says, you know, I can't not talk about God. And Jeremiah was during a period of time where nobody listened to him. <laughs> he, he he preached for 40 years and nobody ever responded. They were so hard hearted toward God. And yet his point was, I don't care. I'm not going to stop. I mean, because he's God and he's compelled me to speak about it. So I feel like that's the way we are as Christians. You know, whether we got signs or we're in a dry period or people are closed off to the gospel, we can't stop. It's it's in us. It's who we are. I was yeah. surprised when we first started <laughs> doing this podcast. In fact, I was rather stunned <clears throat> at what kind of impact it had on individuals that live in these United States of America that they would drive the distances they're driving to be born again. Al, I was surprised yeah. that many responded positively mm -hmm. because I'm reading about what was going on 2000 years ago and I'm seeing the same thing that occurred then. I'm seeing the same thing occurring now. So yeah. I, I've been, uh, what's the word, Jace? I, I've been, uh, I feel a lot better about yeah. This whole thing, living on planet Earth a short period of time, you know, you're coming to Jesus or not, but I feel a lot better about it now than I did before we started this podcast. Don't well, y'all? Yeah. yeah. And look, let me, I want to say this. If 
somebody asked me, well, do you believe that you've met angels? I would say, yes. They'd say, well, that's a miracle. I'd say, nope, that's supernatural. You know, Hebrews, yeah. where we're also reading about the sign versus salvation, it says, be careful how you treat strangers because some have, you know, you enter. No, let's see. Where, where does that say where it says? Uh, Hebrews 13, 1. Keep on loving yeah. each other as brothers. Do not forget to entertain strangers, verse 2. For yeah. by doing so, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. Without knowing it. I am positive that that's happened. Because the reason I'm bringing that up is even when you go to, there's little phrases in the Bible that we take for granted. Like in Acts 8 and verse 26, it says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south on a desert road. Well, I'm not sure that he was like, Oh, there's an angel. Based on what you just read in Hebrews. You know, we have these moments in life. And look, we are to test. When you're hearing voices, you should test that. But there's also, remember that song by, who is it, the Black Crows that said, you know, she talks to angels and wasn't that the song? She talks to angels. How what was the name of that song? Uh, but here, when I listen to that song more carefully, oh, it's a song. Look, I, I got my guy nodding here behind the glass there. He's nodding. Yes. Uh, wasn't that the black crows? But here's the difference. He had this girl talking to angels while she was like on drugs. And I'm like, you can't have that biblically so i like the song but i'm just declaring that no we're the ones talking to the angels they're they're on our side because hebrews 1 i think 14 says are not all angels ministering spirits sent to those to serve yeah well well the bottom line is we i've entered we've entertained strangers before just to show you what life can throw at you and we and never met them before. They decided a couple of guys, you know, they were just down there. Well, it's all right if we stay tonight. We, yeah, yeah that's fine. Because kind of like when y'all were raised, you walked in there and y'all saw people sleeping on the couch. You didn't know who they were. Just people coming and going. Well, we entertained a couple of guys one time. They left our abode after about, they stayed about three days. And when they left, they committed murder of an old woman. And they they life in prison for both of them, and but they were with us for three days prior to that. They left our abode, us pointing them to Jesus, and went out and committed a murder. And so, you really don't know who you're entertaining at the time. It can it can cut both ways. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So let's let's take another break. And to to your point, Dad, and to your point, Jace. You're right, because remember, Satan is a fallen angel. Mm-hmm. And obviously, there are those who must have followed him, you know, his evil ways. So you got to remember those voices. You know, the, the possibility may be it's the evil side as well, because, you know, the the good angels <clears throat> are impacting us. But, I mean, there are bad angels, too. That's true. And, That's a good point. And I think to go in with, with how we respond, but... I was just simply making points like the guy on the stock market this morning saying, oh, it's a miracle. And, you know, oh, I've got this hit song. You know, this girl's talking to angels on her way to a terrible death of drug-induced 
this is not the path for victory. My my point was the world seems to want to take credit for the sign. They're pursuing the signs and the wonders of what we get to experience in Christ. But whenever they have a situation, they'll they'll call something a miracle, but they don't want to claim Jesus as Lord and have their life changed. They're just right. like the medical team are they're the ones doing the miracles, mm-hmm. which is you see how in their mind they're justifying. They're trying to get the miracle without the miracle worker is is my point. Not saying they're not talented. Is the medical field talented? Yes, but I believe God gave them those gifts at birth and the propensity to succeed. You're saying that they're more miraculous than the creator of the universe, God, because you don't even believe there is a God. So I just I was calling them out saying, oh, wait a minute here. But I, I wanted to read what you referenced out in Second Corinthians four. It says, "If our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are, are perishing. And even if our gospel it is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age, little g, the evil one, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. For we do not preach ourselves." But Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants. For God said, let light shine out of darkness. Darkness made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Then that next famous verse says, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. So granted, yes, there is a deceit going on. When a person starts making bad decisions and opens himself up to a life of darkness and the world, there are these spiritual forces of evil that move in in some capacity and in the short term make it incapable of them being cut by something beautiful and loving as what Jesus did on a cross. I mean, you see it every day. But you do plant the seed because we don't know in the short term and you never want to burn the bridge or offer up the wrong response to people, which I would say is either hatred or throwing stones, which we talked about last time. You know, it's interesting you brought up Corinthians because, you know, first Corinthians is, you know, it's got some really great stuff in it, but it's got some hard stuff in it too. There's some situations going on. You get to second Corinthians and Paul is really trying to encourage that church and you're right. I, I think if there was a word that kind of describes the whole theme, it's flawed. You know, he ends the whole thing with the idea about that our, that Jesus's power is made perfect in our weakness. So I love that concept that Paul tells us that, look, we're jars of clay. We're, we're flawed. We're, there's no way in our humanity that we deserve anything good. But because yeah. of what Jesus did, it makes us into something else. And so I think that's that living that way where you realize that and you totally depend on him. It's a game changer. I mean, it again, it's, it's unstoppable. Yeah. Well, what's crazy is, you know, we're going to get to Acts 18 where Paul went to Corinth and you see how that church got started and they used these miraculous gifts that we read about here. And that was the foundation for the church at Corinth. Well, how did that work out? Not good. <laughs> Not good. 
And that's my whole point. If you're pursuing these types of gifts instead of the actual indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the fruit that comes from that, what was his message to the Corinthians? When all was said and done, they were jealous over who had the miracles and they were misusing them. And it all became this this idea of being self-absorbed and participating in the adrenaline rush from the actual miracles themselves and he gets down to the end and he starts talking about this faith hope and love let me remind you of the gospel yeah i mean that's what you got to keep in mind it's not like this is some we're referencing some other letter that's just like not connected to what's going on in acts you you have god is coming jesus in the old testament and then you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Well, here, here's here's Jesus. Here's the image of the God. Well, then you have the acts of God through the people that had put their faith and trust in him. Well, then you have all the problems that have to be addressed from those acts of God and people surrendering to him. So they start writing letters saying, hey, you're way off base here. It, which is Some what happened getting in drunk, drunk at the Lord's Supper, too much wine at the Lord's Supper. There's immorality yep. going on. I mean, there's homosexual behaviors going on. and there's. It's just a mess that's addressed in those letters. What, what nothing, I find, nothing has changed, Al. Well, what I find weird is in modern day religion, people don't connect all those dots when they study the Bible. A lot of times right. they're just taking random verses out of Bible. So this scripture without kind of knowing, well, this is how this, here, here's how this thing was set up. Well, cause once you look at it from that viewpoint, it's a little more understanding where you can make statements like we put our faith and trust in the miracle worker above the miracle. We're not degrading miracles. They're awesome. God can, do miraculous things, the one we serve, but it puts you in the right perspective. So you're not out there chasing something that's not going to make your life better or bring meaning to your life. We have sat down with many and they say, what do you do if somebody comes up and they say they're sick, there's some kind of ailment. We anoint them with oil. We gather around them. We, the elders, we put our hands on them. That's how you and I, with the rest of the elders, we put lay our hands on them and we say, Lord, we would like for this man to be healed or this woman to be healed of this ailment, you know. And they are. We've seen them many when I'm there, right? On, they get up. You say, what about the ones who didn't? Our job is to do what God said. He said, look, but what if I'm somebody's sick, is, we'll call the elders in and lay your hands on them and anoint them with yeah. oil and pray for them. Them being healed yeah. is not classified as a miracle. It's a... because. People in the world would say, well, you just they just got lucky. It's an expectation or, we have. Or people in the world would say, the medical world performed a miracle for you. You, you see my point? They're going to say they're the ones doing the miracle. I heard it this morning. Yeah. They're like, they, they can do miracles. Yep. And I'm like, you know what? I don't think so. I think there's a reason that they were healed, and it was God's supernatural ability. Mm-hmm. But even if he hadn't, even if the answer would have been no, or the or the evil one snuffed the life out through the spiritual dark world, if you have your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, who who did the ultimate miracle, why would you be upset that you're now going to live forever and get a new body 
along the way. I always say the medical profession can give you a temporary reprieve from various ailments, but they yes. can't give you eternal life. They, they can't resurrect your body. is not in their bag. Nope. And you remember, Jace, you remember in John 9, we, when we studied John, you know, the disciples had this false view of that, you know, basically if somebody sinned, then they're going to get something bad happen, happen to them. Now, that happens yeah. a lot. But they saw that man blind and they were like, you know, what caused him to be born blind? Was it his sin or his parents' sin? And Jesus said, neither. Mm-hmm. It was He was born blind so that the glory of God might be revealed. And, and he was talking about he was about to heal him. So even that guy, I mean, we'd look at that and say, well, that doesn't seem fair. But if God's getting the glory, whether we survive something, whether we have an ailment for our whole lives, whether we get cancer, whether bad things happen, if God is being glorified through the struggle, then whatever it is, is whatever it is. I mean, if you mm-hmm. live that way, think about it. You're, you're basically, you're undefeatable because That's you'll right. take whatever, good or bad. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I think when you read even like a simple story with Philip and the Ethiopian, it this same narrative keeps presenting itself, which is if I just read the first few verses, it says, An angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. I've been there, by the way. So he started out, and on his way he meets this Ethiopian eunuch and an, an important official in charge of the treasury. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And the reason I wanted to read that is, is because we, we just talked about what happened in previous podcasts when you are elevating a place of worship versus the person to worship. Yeah. And you're going to see that same thing play out here. On his, on his way home, was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. Now, you got to remember, he's reading Isaiah. He's going to worship. And Philip, the spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading, Philip asked? How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch was reading this passage of Scripture. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before a shearer silent, he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants, for his life was taken from the earth? Now we know, where's that, Al? Isaiah 50. One, two, yeah, Isaiah fifty-one, which is a is a prophecy from Isaiah. It's a brutal reading of what was going to happen to Jesus. His body was uh, marred beyond human likeness, and there's a lot of uh, good nuggets about Jesus in there. About you know, he wasn't like spectacularly beautiful. Isaiah fifty-three, yeah, Isaiah fifty-three. That's where it is. And so here's the cool part. 34, the eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. They traveled along the road. They came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here's water. What? Why shouldn't I be baptized? He gave orders to stop the chariot. Now, we're... 
we're in the middle of a desert. We've had a couple supernatural things happen. An angel told Philip to go. The spirit told Philip to go by the chariot and hang out. The eunuch is going to worship to a place, and Philip uses all those situations, introduces Jesus. And what happens? This guy sees some water. Now, what's the significance of that? They're out in the middle of nowhere. He wants to be able to reenact Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. He wants to put his faith in Jesus. They stop the chariot. He baptizes him. And then we have another supernatural thing. Look, the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again. You'd say, well, it's a miracle. It was something supernatural that was unexplainable. He was here, and then he was gone. But he probably just thought, well, dang, he left without saying goodbye. But he wasn't that upset about it because, look, but he went on his way rejoicing. And we read all this to say this. Why is he rejoicing? Was it the miracles? Was it that he reached his place, the destination to worship? No. He has encountered the Lord Jesus Christ in an intimate, personal way, and he now knows all his sins are forgiven, and he's, he's going to have a, a imperishable resurrection because of who Jesus is. That's why he's excited, and he has the Spirit of God. Yep. And, and the interesting thing was he didn't have that experience at the temple. He had that experience on a dusty road because he was seeking and searching and reading Scripture, and then God put someone in his life to explain it to him. So yeah. you're exactly right. This is exactly what we do today. That's lifestyle. That's living. It never would have happened if Philip wouldn't have been open to the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to go where he told him to go, to go stand by the chair, to listen, to do all these things. Yeah. So I, I find that, that that mission, that part of what we do, still goes on to this very day. It's what we describe. Yeah. So the bottom line is By the is way, that, there was a little teleporting going on there. I like it. The Spirit of the Lord took him away. I'm like... That would have been worth seeing, and he appeared 20 miles away in a Zotus or something. Yeah, but, mean, but yeah. Phil, so what do you deduct from this story? Do you go out to the modern world and try to give lectures on teleportation and understanding the miraculous, or do you go out there and share Jesus and watch the transformation of people who surrender to it? That's the bottom line. Good stuff. We got We're out of time. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.